Um, well, I'm here with Joan Pope, uh, musician, artist, uh, video editor, uh, collagist, uh, etc. Um, looking forward to talking about a bunch of stuff about the sacred, about NFTs in a non-annoying way, um, which is rare. So um, thanks for joining me. Um, I want to just start off by asking you about your coffee habits, if you have any. Just that's the icebreaker that I usually start with. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm pretty easy to please. It's just usually like black with sugar. I use just like an electric percolator. And that's it, really. I probably drink way too much coffee. It should probably like cut down a little. Um, <laughs> I've actually had periods of time where I have just like completely cut it out. And once I get over those, like the withdrawal and like, the, it's like, I even feel like depressed when I'm not drinking coffee. But once I mm -hmm. get over that, I actually feel amazing. So it's like, I just end up going back to it purely because I like the ritual of like making it in the morning and like drinking oh, yeah. it and even like the social aspect of coffee, I guess. It's like something I do with other people, like go out for coffee. Um, so yeah, I actually feel amazing when I'm not drinking coffee on the regular, but I always end up going back to it because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Um, I've heard lore of this state that you speak of, but I've not tried venturing there. I'm a little bit scared. It's uh, a little brutal at first, you know, it's like, you'll want to give up, but if mm -hmm. you can kind of make it over that hump, it's actually amazing like I just my energy level is actually just better I sleep better like coffee like I don't know like I guess it kind of like fucks me up because it's like you have that crash so it's like I'll feel like tired at like different parts of the day but also when I go back to coffee it's like rocket fuel <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so for I'll go a few months sometimes without drinking coffee and then I go back to it and it's just like oh my god <laughs> I feel like I'm like maybe the other way where like I've gotten to the point where like there's no crash and I like drink it as water and so uh, I feel like I might have two humps of brutality to get over but uh anyway I just need to know <laughs> who you are on that level judging um, me based on like oh yeah <laughs> no judgment just you know getting to uh know who you are uh so uh, i have a bunch of stuff here that's like uh kind of all over the place and uh i guess i wanted to start off by asking about like the multi multidisciplinary aspect of your work because like i i know that you sort of like do collage between like different medias even and like you know you're doing music you're doing visual art video and um I read something that you said about like that being alchemy to you. And I also heard you once say like, you know, like the occult stuff is best if you sort of like don't talk about that much. And I really respect that and want to sort of uh, be on that, uh, you know, conversation here. So uh, how how do you think about it as alchemy without us diving too much into your, uh, you know, practice? Well, I guess it's like so much of my art, like sometimes people are like, you produce a lot of stuff. Like, how mm -hmm. do you do that? And I was like, it comes really from the energy, like transforming this like depression, grief, like all those sort of negative emotions. And, you know, just like all these like traumatic things that have happened and whatever. It's like, I reached a point in my life where I was like, I really 
do not want to be depressed anymore. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I wasted so much of my youth and like younger years, like being depressed and like, I fucking hate that. Like that yeah. sucks. Like, so it's like, I kind of turned that depression into like rage and then using it's like and I don't want to walk around like an angry person I'm not really an angry person but it's like I started to just hate the depression and then transform that anger into something beautiful so it's like this process of like okay it's this dark depression and then it's like on fire it's just like I blow it up into this rage and then it's like okay now I have to make it into something that I can translate into something beautiful and share with other people and you know that kind of like ties into the whole like the sacred aspect is the sharing of the all of these things like I don't know that I I mean yeah I make art for myself like this it's sort of this emotional process, this catharsis, but it's like, I also make it to be shared and have like other people experience it. Like to me, that's actually the best part. Like Hmm. someone might actually connect to it and say, I, I get, I get it. I feel what you feel. And, you know, I'm always trying to like connect to art on that level. Like when I love art and music and enjoying other people's stuff, and the reason I do is because it's like, oh, that resonates with me on an emotional level or like a spiritual level. It inspires me. And I want to do that for other people. And, you know, I think I do. It's I've gotten some really great feedback and it's like, OK, this is why I do it. Like, you know, it's not always like the most profitable like thing. It's like, you know, just like years of like debt because it's like I made bad choices. <laughs> you know decided to pursue art instead of like you know whatever but uh so be it (laughs) i I didn't really pick up on any sort of like uh like depression or anything um but that's that's an interesting bit to like be aware of now and uh so i was thinking about this the like cliche of like i make art because i have to and like in that context of like working through something with art and the process of art like i understand that but i've always hated uh, that sort of explanation for why one would do art. I, uh, do you- I know what you mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what you mean, but I swear I did not even like choose this. Like, I mm-hmm. never thought that I would do this at all. But it's kind of the thing that other people thought I would do. Like, you know, as I was growing up, like, I wanted to be a history teacher. Like, mm-hmm. and I really thought that that's like what I was going to do. And then I've tried like different things like in my adult life like I was doing social work I was working in a library like I I kept trying these all these different paths this is the only thing that stuck it's like this is like the path that like opened for me and and now I'm on it and I'm going to just continue on it because it's the only Mm -hmm. one that worked like I kept going down these other roads and it just I'd get like turned around and like you know derailed so this like I feel like I didn't really choose it like it chose me and I'm going with it gotcha um do you feel like you ever like lose momentum with your practice or do you sort of feel the need to pursue it uh for I mean these reasons of like working through things well I mean, there's definitely like ups and downs. Like sometimes I just like feel it more than others, I guess, like in terms of inspiration. But I became very determined. Like a few years ago, I really was just like there. 
you have to keep doing it, even if you mm-hmm. do not want to. And that's like how you actually just improve how you, you know, as your actual te- the technical skills improve, but also just emotionally. So I really try every single day to produce something, even if I'm just so tired, not in the mood, I've been working all day, like on a computer, I still try to like do something for myself because this is like what I do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, yeah, maybe like what I made that day is not that great, but that's how you get to the next level. I really kind of like, I make most of my living as like a video editor. And like, sometimes the stuff I work on isn't necessarily like that cool or like artistic. It might be like Mm -hmm. more commercial stuff. But when I started like learning how to edit, you know, I just was like every single day, I'm going to do this until it becomes my job until Mm -hmm. like I start getting paid for this. Like I'm going to just keep doing it like it's my job until it is my job. And it's like, I actually really like, you know, I like what I do. It's I'm happy. It's like, it works. It's like, allows me the freedom to still pursue the things that I want to pursue. And, you know, a lot of projects I work on are actually really cool. So, you know, it works out. Interesting. I, I also didn't realize that the video editing was like, uh, you know, sort of the utility there. Um, interesting. Uh, well, I guess uh, so. I'm curious in terms of like, you know, like that's something I admire is like your daily commitment. And like, I like how you describe it as religious. Um, and I'm somebody that's like identified as atheist since I was like a baby, essentially. But um, I, I feel like it's also not in the religious sense that I would uh, take you know issue with. But um, how much does your process change? Because I, I feel like you're always looking for new ways, like new mediums, new um, approaches. So like, is there like a rate at which it sort of switches around or um, sort of like how different does it get? Um, I guess like, I don't know, like it's not really something I think of consciously. Like, you know, it's like I do the collage stuff like you know I used to do a lot of analog collage now it's mostly digital just because of like space like when you're doing analog collage it's like I have an insane collection of books like because that's where I'm like sourcing all the stuff and it's like I I don't have room for any more books like I can't like until I like buy a house that has a big room for a library Mm -hmm. I just can't do it so I'm mostly digital now when I do collage and so I kind of like rotate like whatever I'm feeling like I definitely try to do like a lot of like one collage every day if possible sometimes it's like I don't finish it and it goes the next day and you know I love doing like video and you know I make like these like stop motion collage videos and they're really fun but sometimes I'm like I'm just tired of looking at like Premiere and After Effects so I don't necessarily do video for fun as much as maybe I want to and I guess music that's more like when I'm feeling it like that I don't push as much like I have to like be in the mood for it and like sometimes I might go like a couple months and not touch anything like it just whatever and then all of a sudden like I'll release like three albums in like two weeks so it's just with music it's a little more volatile I guess and less consistent um And then it's like, I'm just always looking for new things. Like last year I did like the zine that was 
like AR enabled. So if you downloaded okay. this app, like, so you'd buy the zine, you'd get the zine, and then there's an AR app that you could download for free. And then if you scanned each page, like the page would come to life, like the new art would like emerge or like maybe like a poem or music would start playing or whatever. And it was like, I just want to like fuck around with this technology. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of new and it's cool. Like there's different possibilities, but at the same time, I just, it's like not quite there yet like what I want to do and like I guess maybe even what my technical skills allow it's like not exactly like how I envisioned it but it's you know it's somewhere like before I was just like messing around with like doing like some VR video and like that's something I wanted to always like fuck mm -hmm. around with VR video but the thing is like most people that I know, like in my world, they don't have VR headsets, so they right, can't yeah. really enjoy it. So it's like I'm making this for nobody. <laughs> like... Totally. And I feel like the people that are in that world, like, are maybe able to do it kind of effortlessly because they're like little babies that have Oculuses somehow. <laughs> right. but, um, so like, yeah, that's that's interesting. So when you're getting into like AR, um, just on a, a, like a practical level, what's your way of like trying to acquire those skills? Like reading things or youtube or yeah just... i guess just youtube or like experimenting like i the service that i was using was called like rar io or something and it's like you know i pay for the service and you construct like the experience in their like program and so you could like layer different images you could like have it so like it triggered you know a video or a song like some of them some of the pages like i was able to like you know you'd scan it and a video would pop up um so it, it was really cool and it, it's like i just i usually just like dive in like i don't really my husband's always just like you gotta do tutorials like and i'm just like no i'm good like i'm gonna just figure it out he's like if you do the tutorial you will be able to do more <laughs> um yeah, it's funny. I like I'll fiddle around in Photoshop and like I have no skills whatsoever. And I'll eventually come up with something cool from doing something so many times that's like completely fucked up. But um my wife is also like, you should actually do a tutorial. And right. I'm like, I won't. And so yeah, I, I, I have some sort of aversion to that as well. Um You know, when so. I need to do a tutorial, I'll do a tutorial. I mean, it's like it happens. Like sometimes it's like in video editing. Like I learned like myself. People ask me, they're like, did you go to school for that? I was like, no, I, I was like, I just started using the program. And like, when I wanted to do something that I didn't know how to do, I just looked it up on YouTube or Google. Like you have so much free resources out there totally, that yeah. like, you can teach this to yourself, but you're not going to learn it if you just like open it once a month. And, you know, if like you sit in front of Premiere only like six times a year or something it's like you're not going to learn the program you have yeah. to try and like fuck around with it every single day and like that's how i learned it like you know it's like i just every single day i was messing around making stuff and now i'm a professional video editor so <laughs> that's you know well it's reassuring for me um uh so uh, let me see here i guess like uh a question I've been asking myself that I sort of wanted you to weigh in on um, that's kind of like maybe too broadly put, but it's should musicians or should artists be business savvy, basically? And I sort of have like this aversion to being business savvy. 
and I know that it's at my own expense, but like I've also seen uh, various people, and I won't name names, who are just so like unpleasant uh, to like people on the internet, like who like are essentially saying, "I like what you do," and they're like, "Yeah, why aren't you paying me for it?" And it's like, "Whoa!" Oh um, yeah, no, and that's... it's. <laughs> I'm when these NFT things come about, I'm like, this is your opportunity to like make a bunch of money if that's what you're like so worked up about. Um, but do you feel like we should sort of move towards like a more like, I don't know, like a, like this neo-bohemian thing of like actually being able to like be immersed like you are? Well, okay. So I'm not, and is a strong I'm word, not but... business savvy and like, you know, in the whole like NFT world, it's like, everyone's just like one of the main like aversions I think people have of like with that particular scene is like the shilling of the end. NFTs like they don't mm -hmm. like that's constantly like buy my shit buy my shit so I don't like that and I try to just you know it's like if people want to support my work they can figure out how to do it you know mm -hmm. like I don't like to really be in your face about it it's like you like my music you know you know where to find me on Bandcamp but like it's there yeah. you know I'll post a link if I'm like releasing something but it's not like buy my shit every day because right. it's like it's just not cool and you know, if someone wants to support your work, they will. And like, they'll, you know, sometimes they even ask, like, how can I support your work? Like, do you sell prints? Like, what do you, you know, do you have books? Like, what is it? So I have like things that are maybe available for people to support my work, but you know, it's, it's hard. Like, I don't really do that many, like, collage commissions anymore like I I was doing like a lot of album art and stuff like that and I I just don't really like to do it like mm. I just I I sometimes will still do it but something about it it just like ruins it like so I don't really do that for money anymore video I will do because I'm like that's more like a a skill that I feel okay with like being compensated for mm -hmm. because it's like this more like technical thing i guess and there is like creativity and you know people hire me for the creative vision but it's like you're also like hiring me for the like the technical thing so i guess on some level mm -hmm. like that makes sense with you know nfts it's like this is a way that you can like patronize an artist like this is a way that you can support someone that you really like and yeah, I know that some people think it's like stupid, like, oh, I'm going to just like buy a JPEG and it's just I can just download your art. And it's just mm -hmm. like, OK, yes, you can. I understand why you think this is stupid, but it's like you're supporting an artist that you like. Like, it, it's just that to me, it's that simple. It's like if you like, you know, my work, you get to like own this for your nft gallery or whatever you or you just say like i supported this artist like it's like a public record of like i patronized this artist and it's like people used to do that like why is that not right. cool like you know it's like it would be awesome like i mean it would be great if i could make my living off my art like mm -hmm. and then because that frees me up to make more art i don't have to yep. like take on these like shitty like jobs where I'm like making some like commercial or something like you know it's like if I could just spend more time making art and you know make money off that it's like that's awesome and I don't have to worry it's like 
about like paying my rent or like buying food like I don't want to have to live like so close to like the line of like shit like can I actually like pay to survive like you know I want to earn like a decent living like Mm -hmm. so NFTs are like a way to do that yeah um and I guess like yeah I'm curious like also like having that sort of like sense of like if I don't do this, then this, you know, like, like that, like sort of like not fearful, but like, like just a sort of low grade worry um, or like dedicating part of your bandwidth to like marketing. Do you feel like, I mean, with the marketing thing, do you feel like that has a negative impact on art on some level? Or do you think that that's just a story that I'm telling myself? I mean, I don't know. It depends. Like, you know, it's like when I like post on social media, it's like, I'm just like posting my art but it's like is it marketing or Mm -hmm. is it just like me sharing the content or like you know where's the line of like when this becomes marketing and you know it's just like yeah like I kind of have like a brand like you know like this multimedia project I guess is like a brand and I don't really think of it that way but I could see how other people might see it that Mm -hmm. way and it's just like this is my art project and I use social media as just like part of it like this so like the sharing like through these different channels it's like that's like part of the art like to me that's when it's complete Mm -hmm. when I like hit tweet like that's (laughs) actually like the like completion of the work like because now it's out there and it's being shared and experienced by other people. Like if it's just like on my like hard drive, mm-hmm. who cares? It's like, you know, that's what the whole, like, you know, is it for me shit? Like, I think it's a lie when people say, I make art for me. Like, it's like, no, I think you make it to share with other people. Like that's, sure, yeah. that's the point. Like, I think that's the point of art. I guess the the line that I'm drawing for marketing is like when it's sort of like systematized and like you say things like my funnel or like my EPK or something like that, like that type of like like corporateish language. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, I see people being in some ways effective using that type of like mentality. But like I I don't know if it's my own aesthetic aversion to sort of any sort of corporatized language. But um, yeah, I like I don't know. I just I imagine that it is negatively impacting art when people are doing that. But like, I also have a sort of you know view that's more aligned with yours. I think. You know, I mean, maybe I'd be more financially successful if I did that. But mm-hmm. I just like, I, I don't, I don't even know what EKG or whatever you just said is. <laughs> like, I think it's like electronic press kit or something like that. And I so, thought it was yeah. like something with like a heart monitor. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm all for people geeking out on that, but, um, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, the thing is, it's like, I think you can kind of tell when people do that. And it's like, I don't know, like, like it reads as inauthentic or yeah, I guess. And it's like, I'm not trying to like shit on anyone for like trying to like make it, you know, it's like, if, if that's like how you're going to like, you know, like be successful and like get your like stuff out into the world then like that's great like I hope that you know people succeed and like whatever they're trying to do but I just like that's just not my 
my background or like I have no like knowledge of that stuff like I guess I've worked with like because I do like video it's like sometimes I work with marketing teams so they'll like give me feedback about like the videos that I'm creating for like a company they're like okay like we gotta like rope them in by like three seconds like because it's like if they're not engaged by like the three second mark then they're just gonna scroll away so it's like damn (laughs) yeah um so it's like i you know i communicate sometimes with like marketing people who are like great like there's some great marketing people out there but it's just like i don't know what you're i don't know what your analytics are like saying or what to do like i know what works for me like i know that like you know like i think i'm resonating with people like my style and whatever and i'm like you know that's whatever and if no one cared then whatever like i'd still do it and share it it's like i feel like there's always going to be somebody that you know likes what you're doing or like you know maybe just someone who's like just starting out and it might feel like no one cares it's like just keep doing it like i think if you keep doing it and getting better then like it will eventually come like it doesn't happen overnight uh sort of extension of this that i've been also asking is like do we as a culture value innate talent or like sort of like prodigies too much like Hmm. um because something like i really admire about your practice is that you like do it on a daily basis and like i feel like people are willing to like sort of not do it regularly and then spin some sort of story about why it's still valuable like after the fact and so i don't know i think that's kind of bullshit and (laughs) So it's like you need to put in the time and when people are like oh yeah this young prodigy it's like but like i i kind of like, and i heard you in that podcast say something about wanting to hold off on writing a book till you had more life experience right. it's like that's that's fucking reasonable <laughs> and so um when somebody's like oh yeah this new kid is a genius i'm like i've never met a kid genius so like yeah um, no i i hear you i mean i think like yeah there might be some freak kid who's like you know actually a genius at some young age but probably most people they're just full of shit Um, you know it's like I believe that there could be a few out there you know true geniuses that you know it's like some kid writing like a symphony at age five or something (laughs) like Mm -hmm. some freak of nature um but I think you really you have to put the time in like you just you have to because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like kind of like what I was saying before, like when I was sort of like maybe dealing with like depression or just like maybe low self-esteem, even like thinking like I couldn't do it. Like maybe I was thinking like I wasn't good enough. It's like the same ideas that, you know, I'm putting out there. It's like they were always in my head, but, you know, I just, I would maybe make like three collages a year. And it's like, they were good, actually. Like, I look at some of my early work and I'm like, that's actually great. Like, I'm proud of this, but it's just like, I have nothing to show. Like, it's just like three things. Like, that's it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I I work in this very fast way. Like, some people will like hone like a project for, you know, a long time. That's not my way. Like, I'm just like really pumping stuff out. Like, it's just my personal style like you know let's that's me but yeah I think you have to work on it a lot and Mm -hmm. do it like at least almost every day if it's not every day like I know it's hard like people you know 
have full-time jobs that are maybe like right. unrelated to like what they're doing and so like I get it and you know that's why I was kind of like determined like when I fell kind of into video editing like I was like I want a job that's remote and then I can be my own boss. So, you know, I'm a freelance video editor. So it's like, yeah, like I have clients and they're my boss temporarily. So right. it's like, you know, I might be with someone for like a week and it's just like, that's it. Then I move on to the next person and I can like turn down a job or accept a job and, you know, I'm calling the shots. So mm-hmm. that's what I, I wanted. And like, I found that in video editing. Like I was just trying to find that and, this is where I found it. So, you know, like I was like determined to do the remote thing, like before the COVID Mm -hmm. shit happened. Like, so when COVID happened, people were like, are you okay? Like, I was like, actually, like my life is exactly the same. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was just like, I, I always worked remote. So like, Mm -hmm. this is normal. Like, I do like, you know, I get like groceries delivered and shit. Like I'm like kind of a hermit. So, like, this this just, is just so familiar. <laughs> I was just like, this is like the Joan Pope life right here. Like, so if you need help, I can like talk you through it. <laughs> um, do you find that you go outside or does your husband uh, sort of like say, hey, have you gone outside? And I asked this only from my perspective having <laughs> this experience. Well, I do love the outdoors. So I spend a lot of time okay. in, in nature and hiking and like I'm constantly, you know, I'll go for a walk and like I'm constantly hiking and, you know, exploring in the woods and whatever. So that's like when I'm not inside, like at my computer working or whatever, I'm probably like wandering in the woods somewhere. So I do get outside, but I just don't like to be like around like crowded places. For sure. You know, it's just not my style. I get like a little panicky when I'm like that. I guess that was kind of another thing. Like I felt like I I have very bad anxiety when it comes to like traveling. So like, I don't really Mm -hmm. like to be in the car. Like, I don't even like being on like public transit. Like Mm -hmm. I get such bad anxiety. So I'm like, I don't want to take medication for this. I'm going to just find a remote job because then if I can eliminate that, I will feel much better. And like, so I just eliminated the stressor of like commuting and traveling and I'm good. Like, so it's like, it's just like I would drive to work and it's like, I'm exhausted because I just like had like a panic attack for 45 minutes, like of this drive. Like I can't do this. It's like, by the time I get there, I'm sweating. I'm just like, I look like a fucking mess. Like I can't to a seat. Yeah. Like I can't do this. So just like, you know, then it's time to go home and I'm like stressed about even going home. Like, you know, it's like, I just don't like being the car and you know, or on the train or whatever. So I almost like never ever drive. Like I really only if I have to, it's like literally like going to like the doctor or something. Um, mm-hmm. and I walk or that's it. Like, so remote work was like a must for me. Like I had to find something and, you know, it turned out that I liked it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess the one thing that I miss about commuting is like, the sort of like time where you're like I have to fill this with something and so you're like well I'll read or like listen to an interview or whatever and so like you have like a set time for like ingesting information but 
I can find time when I'm, you know, remote. Right. Like, you yeah. know, one thing I did, like, like, the one, like, redeeming thing about commuting was, like, it was my time to, like, listen to music. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that was, like, really how I connected to a lot of music was driving around the car. But I'm like, I still listen to music, like, at <laughs> home. <laughs> like, you know, but I, there's something about, like, like listening to music in the car it's like a different kind of listening I can't really describe it but maybe you know what I mean it's just like Mm. where it's like you know you're driving but I don't know just hits hits me different when I'm like driving listening to music music type thing instead of music yeah maybe I don't know like like sounds or something it's in the background but it's like I don't know just it's a different like form of listening whereas like if i'm you know maybe like working on a collage listening to music it's like i'm listening in headphones probably and it's just it's different i don't Mm -hmm. know um so i guess like the reason i was asking about um the like prodigy thing and like uh getting into like you know how much somebody puts time in um like i feel like like quality sort of depends on quantity to some extent and um like, I feel like we overvalue the final product and the story that's told about it. But I, I feel like there might be some opportunity with NFTs to, like, algorithmically put value on something based on the input, which might, like, incentivize people to actually put in the work. And, like, I'm curious if this, like, sounds interesting to you or, like, makes sense to you. Um, I've just been, like, you know, fiddling around with this idea. Well, and, like, yeah. an interesting thing that I just learned, because, like, I was, I see, I see these collections, right? And it'll be, like let's say it's a bear and there'll be like a Mm -hmm. thousand different bears with like ones wearing sunglasses and ones wearing a hat. And then there's one with the hat and the sunglasses and then, you know, whatever. And I was like, how the fuck is someone making a thousand of these things? Like, do they hire like random people on like Fiverr or something? Like, how are they making it? It's, (laughs) it's just computer generated. Like, so that's Mm. what it is. It's just a code. Like, so I realize it's like they just make the different elements and then a computer code generates the thousand. So I was like, okay, I thought I was like, cause I was like, how, how are they doing it? Like, uh-huh. I think like I have a pretty prolific output, but I can't do right. that. Like, you know, like how are they doing it? So now I know. And that's kind of the weird thing. Cause I think some of the most successful NFT, like projects or whatever are actually just like computer generated so that's like this weird thing where it's like then you have like these artists who are like really good like you know traditional artists and it's like they're completely ignored so like I don't know like I just Mm -hmm. I don't know and you know I just kind of like was like okay there's something here like there's this new technology this new thing and I don't really understand it but I'm going to just take the leap and like jump in and you know see what happens so like when this when I first like got you know involved it was like I got accepted to like known origin and like I was like posting some stuff on there I was like putting some stuff on OpenSea and I was like the ethereum world is actually just like super oversaturated i will never be able to make a dent because this is already a pretty established scene it's just not gonna happen and then like so i started like researching like other projects and i came upon algorand and that's like this Mm. other blockchain and i saw like on twitter dart room it's an algorand marketplace Mm. and they were like 
for our launch, we are looking for 20 artists to like be our featured artists for the launch. And I was like, okay, this is like how I can make a dent. If I'm one of these 20 artists and mm. it's like this new thing, it's like, I think the first, like, I think the first like Algram marketplace, maybe I'm, maybe that's not true, but it's, it's one of the only ones. Um, so I was one of the 20 artists and I was like, I actually sold stuff on that marketplace and Another benefit of Algorand is that it doesn't have the environmental problems that things mm. like Ethereum has, like it's carbon neutral. And, mm. you know, so it's like the same as like, you know, using a computer or cell phone or whatever, it doesn't have like this horrible environmental impact. So like, that's a huge criticism of these things. I, I get it, like, but there's already like the technology has already advanced so that there's carbon neutral alternatives mm -hmm. algorand is one of them so yeah like i just yeah. i just that's like a... go ahead go ahead uh, sorry um, <laughs> yeah, i guess that's an interesting thing that you brought up and i've sort of forgotten about that altogether um the environmental thing and i i guess i was like almost kind of outright dismissive of it because i feel like it was being weaponized by people who just were finding reasons to dislike nfts like most everybody right um, yeah so yeah that's it <laughs> so i mean i think part of it it's like okay like I, I think like there are some legitimate concerns but it's just like at the end of the day it's like is anyone complaining about like how much fuel mm. it like yep. takes to like launch like satellites into space that like make your cell phone work because i don't see anyone complaining about that is anyone complaining about those fucking funko dolls that's like do you really need like a figurine yeah. of like axel rose <laughs> like you know it's like those things are gonna last forever in a landfill at some point like no yep. one's bitch like there's a million things it's like look in your refrigerator how much plastic is in there how much plastic is just around your house how many yep. toothbrushes have you used in a lifetime like you know it's like all like because they're all in the landfill somewhere every toothbrush yep. you've ever you know it's like it goes on and on and on and like you know we should try to make changes and you know whatever so it's like i'm not like knocking the like desire to make changes because i you know i care about the environment and we should mm -hmm. you know we should care about it but I think part of that too, like something about it was just like, you're just pissed that you missed out on this. Yep, like yep, you yep. think <laughs> you missed out and you're pissed and you just want to like hate on everyone that isn't, is involved in it now. Like I've, I've seen like, you know, some really like nasty tweets. It's like, I can't believe this person says that they love nature, but they have an <laughs> NFT. And it's like, yo fucker like you're ignorant as shit because it's like there's already alternatives it's like this is this is carbon neutral technology it's just like it's better than your fucking electric car that has a lithium battery like how great do you think lithium mining is for the environment like stop yeah. like you're just pissed like you missed yeah. out and you see like you know i think part of it was just like they see like little pixel animals selling for <laughs> millions of dollars and they're like shit like you know i here i am thinking like oh i have a like, clout as an artist or like I, that's like kind of the people that i think got the most pissed like people that had like perceived success or like whatever and then all of a sudden this like new wave of like people came and they were like making a killing like 
Mm-hmm. And they're just like, shit, like I've been struggling as an artist. And now this like person made like a, you know, pixelated bunny and, <laughs> you know, they're a fucking millionaire. Like, how did that happen? Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get why people are pissed, but I'm just like, you know, what? whatever. Like this technology, it's not going away. You know, it's already been around like Bitcoin's like over 10 years old already. Like, totally. Yeah. So it's just like this stuff's not going away. And you might as well try learning it, learning about it now. Like, I think there's still a little bit maybe of like a learning curve about like using it. And yeah, you know, but uh, you were got, you, you, were you familiar out. with crypto beforehand? Like, were you literate already? I mean, I had been probably like on the periphery of like trying to learn about it since about 2015. Like that was like when I first started being interested, but like a little like scared maybe. It was like, I don't really understand this. And like, I know that like there's something here, like like I was like using a social media site that like by just interacting with the site, you got tokens and they're like connected to the Ethereum blockchain. So it's like, you could like swap those tokens for like dollars. Like you can Mm -hmm. like actually like Facebook never did that for me. Instagram doesn't do that. Like I, when I like something, I don't, nothing happens. They sell my Mm -hmm. information and then they make money, but it's like, why can't like, if I'm interacting with the site and like the way this works, it's like, if it, if I get a token, like, why not even if it's just like a small amount like you know it's like i mean this site it's like i've been using it probably since like 2015 it's like maybe worth like 800 or something like my account but it's like that's more than i got from instagram like you know it's like yeah it's not breaking the bank but it's like yeah maybe i'll just like use it on like a road trip or something and pays for like gas and food and hotel (laughs) for like two nights like you know it's yeah. it's better than nothing so it's like i i started becoming interested in it and but like don't i don't really know anybody like that's like personally that's into crypto or any of this so it's hard because it's like you know there's a lot of scams out there it's like yep. i want to talk to someone i trust but like everyone just is like oh i don't know it's like fake money or you know mm-hmm. ponzi scheme like these are all these like terms that are like get thrown around and you know so i was just like on the periphery and like trying to learn and then last year like probably about like this time last year i was like you know what like fuck it like i'm just like gonna like make some like mint some nfts like maybe i'll like invest a little bit in some cryptocurrency like let me just like see what happens and you know i think if you actually like do research you're like oh there's actually like some legitimate projects like yeah there's there's some shit that's like no this that is a scam it is a ponzi scheme like it's (laughs) it is bullshit but it's like you know like i said like this one project algorand it's like created by an MIT professor like he's like an award-winning awesome dude like I don't think that guy is like out to make a Ponzi scheme (laughs) you know like he's just not (laughs) I've definitely heard people call it a Ponzi scheme which is interesting and like it's funny because like I've been into crypto for a while not super seriously but like that's sort of like my video editing in some ways is like looking at charts now and like that's like when I like had a normal job and then like I would suddenly make more money like 
like almost instantaneously from like compared to a week of work and it's like what the fuck was i doing so yeah, i mean but like good for you that's awesome yeah. like i like i don't know why people get mad about that it's like yeah there, there's a risk like you take a risk when you are like fucking mm-hmm. around with this shit but it's like good for you like why does anyone not like no one wants to just like work some job like you know it's like unless you're doing like your passion it's like because and not everyone is able to do that like you might Mm -hmm. have to just like take some jobs that like you don't really like but you have bills to pay like you know it just it's how it is and it's like if you find a way to be financially free that's awesome like Mm -hmm. good for you like people (laughs) should be happy and it's like you know, you're more in a position than to maybe like help other people. Like, yeah. you know, there's that too. It's like, I don't know why people are such haters on other people's <laughs> success. It's like, you know, I want everyone to have success and not have to worry about like, hmm, do I pay the rent or like buy groceries? Like, I've been there too long and I know other people that are in that position and like, fuck that. Like, I just don't want to live. I don't want to live like that. With the, like the non fungibility thing. Like, I feel like people hadn't heard the word fungibility, uh, since it was like some sort of like test word or something. (laughs) when they were Yeah. Like the SATs. (laughs) Then suddenly it's a word that everybody's supposed to know. And like, I feel like the whole NFT thing is being described in this really weird way that, you know, makes people dislike it. But, um, when you're saying like, you know, you were just like continuing to do, what you were doing as if it was your job until it became your job. Um, my sense is that like, if everybody puts in the time, they will eventually succeed. And like something like some sort of beautiful, complex, emergent thing will come out of it. Um, do you feel like that's true? Or do you feel like there's anybody that for some reason was born incapable of being successful at art and what they want to do? I mean, I, th- I think that like, if, you're doing it like you'll get there eventually like it might some people like yeah there might be like a natural knack for it and so like success might come a little earlier for them but they still have to put in the effort and you know I think I mean I think I have like a natural like eye for Mm -hmm. you know certain things like that's something I didn't learn I just kind of always had it like a just a, a good eye for visuals and but it's like on its own it doesn't matter like I had to learn other skills to really make use of that so I think anybody like if there's something that they want to do they should do it and do it until it becomes the thing that you make a living off of like isn't that the point like don't waste your life on you know bullshit slaving away Mm -hmm. for somebody else like totally you know it's like do that thing and it's like yeah sometimes there's situations and you gotta just like do you you might have to like wait tables for a while and like you know whatever there's like no shame in that and like do it like Mm -hmm. make make your living but like you need to have an exit plan and like you know just you have to be determined to make it in whatever you're trying to do like I was determined to be an artist. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like at a certain point, it's like, I just realized that this was the thing that was just the, like I said, the road that like opened for me. And it's like, all right, well, like I am doing this. And like, 
if you want to actually like move forward on that road, you, you have to, you know, like pedal basically, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to go or like press the fucking gas. Like you, you're not going to just accelerate forward totally without putting in the effort. Like, you know, why wouldn't you want to put in the effort? Mm-hmm. Like, that's um, you know it's like i want to produce things like you know i want to create all these works because it's like if the ideas just live in my head well who cares like yeah. you know because i'm gonna live and die and then those ideas are gone but it's like if like in my lifetime i can share them well then it's like maybe i actually like you know connected and that just goes right back into like you know what i was saying before it's like that to me is like the fucking point of living like you don't have a connection with other people then like Mm -hmm. um so i heard somebody describe nfts in this way that i thought was fun which is basically that's just an abstract container for (laughs) non-fungibility-ness which um i feel like is a better description than whatever the fuck people are saying but um i feel like you know that's like the starting point and then it's like what can't you do with it and it's like i'm thinking of like the wu-tang album where it was like there was the one copy oh right (laughs) And um, so, like, just thinking of what you could do computationally, like, for instance, you could, like, have, you know, uh, algorithmic scarcity enforced uh, or, like, lack of reproducibility or, like, um, like, I guess you could delete something, essentially, like, have something that's self-terminating and sort of, like, that's, like, this whole weird realm of, like, what does that imply for value if you, like, have something that is only going to have a limited amount of experience that can be had? Um, but at the same time, there's something to be said about keeping things around. So like, I don't know, is, do you see, uh, sort of value one way or another in terms of being able to like, you know, delete something, um, or be able to like, you know, sustain, like, I feel like there's like kind of like a pollution problem aesthetically in the world right right now. So, um, I don't know, uh, is that something that resonates with you or sounds intriguing? (laughs) Um, well, okay. Yeah, there's it's like once it's out there, it's going to live on that blockchain forever. I mean, there you can burn it and Mm -hmm. you can get rid of it, but you know, you have to like pay a transaction fee, which, you know, by the way, if you're using Algorand is a really small fee versus, you know, Ethereum. Um, But I don't know. It's like, I guess it's like, the, it is this weird, like record of everything. And that's like almost how I want to use it. But mm-hmm. right now it's like, you know, when I make things, it goes like on Twitter and Instagram first, but it's like, I could get deleted off that shit like any day, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm surprised I'm still on Instagram. Like I've gotten many warnings and it's like, all my stuff could be gone. But if it's like on a blockchain, then no one can censor it. It's, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's not like, ooh, it's a nipple. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have more, you have more control over your work and where it lives. So, you know, that's an appealing thing too. Like, even if you're not even in it for, like, you don't have to sell anything. You can just put it there. Like you can mint the the item or you can put like writing, poetry, whatever it is, like, and it can live there and no one can fuck with that. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, I guess. And it's even like a record of like the first like place where it exists. So you can like, you know, 
deal with like people stealing work or whatever it's just like Mm -hmm. this is the first time it like ever appeared on the internet like this is the record of it so like that's kind of cool like I mean I've been putting up stuff that's just out there already so I guess you can't really like prove it but Mm-hmm. you know it's and I've seen people's like work getting stolen and you know whatever but it's like I think if people really did use it like as soon as it's made it's minted then you can like prove that like you're truly the owner of the work mm. so permanence is important uh to I, I guess I'm thinking of I might have the story somewhat incorrect I'm not sure but like I think David Lynch in um the Twin Peaks Return like there was a voice for like the little tree character thing. I don't know if you've right. seen it. Um, and I'm pretty sure he basically like deleted from history who the person was. Like it's like nobody knows except for him who did the voice. And I thought that that was kind of like a trip because to like fully delete something is like an interesting philosophical implication. So um, I don't know, just with like the Wu-Tang thing, like, you know, having such scarcity of it, um, like, you know, I don't know if there's, I think there's value to like being like, this is the only person that listened to it and they can never listen to it again. It was this thing. It's like, you know, uh, like ephemeral at that point. But um, uh, it's interesting that you're interested in the permanence, which I also see the value in. I mean, I do like things that are like transient also like, but I guess with my work, it's like, I worked really hard on this. So yeah, I, yeah. I would like to preserve it like somehow. Like, you know, it's I guess like I think of like transients more like in terms of experiences. Like mm-hmm. years and years ago, I lived in an apartment and it was this like big loft and I used to have a lot of like shows and parties and whatever. And I remember like, you know, at the like I, I knew it was like the height of it. Like, you know, I knew I wasn't going to stay in this spot forever. And I I knew that there was just like one night and like, this is like the height of it. And a really good friend of mine, he was like, you know, he was having a great time. He's like, I want to do this here and this, like, he wanted to make it like bigger than it was. I'm like, no, man, like, this is it. Like, (laughs) this is like the golden moment. It's never Mm -hmm. actually going to be better than this. Like, just enjoy it for what it is. And it's like, maybe it gets better. But like, I I think that this is like right here, the sweet spot. And it's not going to last like this, like, era of our lives. It's just like, enjoy it while you have it. Like, even, you know, as like, when I perform, like I have not played live, like even like before COVID, it was like a good year before I was doing it. But like when I was playing shows, it was like, I was playing one after another. I was like playing a lot. And I was like, this is not going to last forever. Like, this is it. And I would tell people, I'm like, if you want to come see me, now is the chance because I am not doing this forever. Like, I'm going to just like do this for like a year where I'm going to play a fuck ton of shows. And then I'm going to like disappear off the face of the planet. So like, this is it. So I think of like things like that in a more like transient way. I mean, obviously time is fleeting, so it's going to go away as it passes, but it's like, I guess I think of more eras of my life in this way of like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to last forever. Like, mm. so when it comes to like experiences like that, like a, a performance or whatever, it's like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess a performance is more what I'm thinking. Cause like, I mean, I feel like you're creating pieces and like, I'm more of a musician and like, I, I barely do visual stuff, but like, 
um so like in a way you could make an album sort of be uh you know a momentary thing that only some people got to experience and like i guess in the case of those performances like would you rather um some memory of it surface on youtube that somebody got from an iphone camera or just have the memories that you hear about and eventually die off when those people die i would prefer for them to just be experienced live like it's like put your fucking phone away mm -hmm. and just experience this like so it's like sometimes people ask me like are there any like videos of like your shows i was like no you should have fucking been there like come yeah. out next time <laughs> like you know i'm like i don't know like i not, not that i've taken not that i've really seen like maybe someone makes an instagram story or whatever it is but I, was, I always feel like put the phone away and just like right, right, enjoy right. it because this is it like this is the only time it's gonna happen and even like you know when I record my music it's a very like in the moment thing like I don't really do a lot of like meddling with it after it's like I record it mm -hmm. this is it <laughs> like right. you know unless there's some major like fuck up it is what it is like sometimes like you know if there's words like i'll like mispronounce something or like stutter or something that's in there like mm -hmm. it's just like because this is like in the like realm of what is it called auto-tune like in the world of like mm -hmm. auto-tune yeah, yeah. it's like fuck that like it's like i'm a human being <laughs> and like i want you to know that like so i'm leaving those little errors in there because it's like that's what to me makes it perfect like yeah, yeah. some people want to take it out or it's like you know, I have this one recording and it's like, I was looping something on guitar and I was using a bow and I actually like dropped the bow, but it's, so it's in the loop and it's just in there. Like it just, it's just <laughs> like the sound of the bow dropping is just, it's in the loop and I used it and I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's part of it. Like it was that moment and I record it and that's it. And I release it and like, I can't overthink it. Cause if mm -hmm. I, if I like, start tinkering with it after it's like it's never going to come out i will never release it because i'm going to start being too critical of myself and that's how i feel with all my art like especially the music but even a lot of the visuals i'm like i get to a point i'm like i have to just like put it out there like get it away from me <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. just goodbye and you know ship it off into the world and then i try not to really think about it anymore <laughs> like yeah, I think so. Like when somebody pays for a piece of art or like pays for a concert, um, like I think there's something interesting there where they're like essentially like you know I feel like they're going to be more inclined to pay attention closely because they spent money on something like they right like uh, and so I guess like uh, if if something was able to self destruct, I almost wonder if it would increase the attention because we're in this age where like I feel like people listen to the first half of the hook and then they're done with the song and they skip to the next one because right. it's all it's all free on whatever and they're just kind of like you know looking around for what what's the next little thing to listen to a fraction of so well something that's like very weird that i noticed was if i release a new album like let's say i release something tomorrow new people brand new people will check it out but if i hmm. post an album that like I made last year, those new people are like, oh, it's a year old, fuck this. Like, and it's like, but it's new <laughs> to you. It's, I don't mm. understand. I'm like, I listened to things from 50 years ago. Like, you know, yeah. like, like wherever, like if it's new to me, it's new to me. Like why they want like this thing that like just came out and 
it's just like what like why can't you check out this thing that you never heard before even though it's you know whatever six months old a year old and I do wonder sometimes you know talking about just people listening to the hook and moving on I have some really long songs they're mm-hmm. like they're you know these like droney songs I'm like is anyone really listening to all 20 minutes <laughs> like, probably not but you know whatever I used to make really short songs and people would be like I wish this was longer so I'm like mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> like, you get what you get <laughs> mm-hmm. um by the way we're at an hour-ish and I'm not sure do you are you able to chat for a little bit longer yeah, you want to wrap can, it up we can go a little longer okay cool um <laughs> I won't keep you too long uh but I guess I wanted to ask a little bit about sort of sacred stuff um you know moving on from nfts a little bit um and a little bit about sexuality stuff and so like I appreciate that you sort of use like sex and death as a duality. Um, I, I recently read that in a Peter Carroll book and I was like, because huh, everybody says life and death. Right. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting approach to talk about it that way and how there's like a generative process to sex that I feel like has been sort of like lost to a lot of people. Like they don't think of it that way. They think about it as something that is either repressed or like kind of, you know, like dirty or whatever. Right. But, there's a very like wholesome and sacred sense of it in your work. Um, and I'm just curious to hear uh, what you think about that. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like, okay. So when people, like, if they just ask, like, what is your work about? I probably would just say life and death because it's like maybe easier to say it that way. Cause it's like, that's what I mean when I say sex. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the origin of your life. Like that's how you got here. You know, it's like, no one really likes to think about their parents having sex, but that's what happens. <laughs> like, you know, like, so I guess like that's, you know, it's a way of saying life and death, but maybe in a way that's like a little more provocative. And, you know, people are like, wait, those two things, like when you juxtapose them, it's, it's weird or something like it. People like, I don't know. I, they, I get really weird reactions to that but yeah I mean I do think of it as like it's not just about like getting off there's like the creative aspect to it I'm like it seems like people have forgotten that that's like the generation of life is through sex it's like people just think of it as like this pleasure thing and like that's part of it and it's nice but I'm just like it's also like how we like create new human beings and I like will think of it as even broader in terms of like of creation just in general so it's like I just see like the sex like force is just like creation itself and in like any way like where it's like even just like creating of like art it's like it's sexual almost it's like I'm giving birth to like this beautiful thing like Mm-hmm. each art piece is like a child and or it's like I don't know if that makes sense but yeah, it's totally, yeah. you know it's like this creative thing and so I'm connected to it in that way as like the reproductive like nature of sex whereas like I think a lot of sex sexy art or whatever that you see it's it's very not connected mm-hmm. to that and you know, some of my work is just like more erotic 
but it's like I, I always try to like tie it into like also the like reproductive function because I'm like it's both like it it is both and they don't have to be like separated mm-hmm. and I don't know I guess it kind of even comes from like a personal experience like I feel sometimes like in the moment like I see like life and death like flashing before my eyes like in the moment of like orgasm it's like I see I I feel like I understand it all like and it's hard to explain and it's like what is happening in my mind like just transcends language but that's what like inspires all of my art it's like I'm trying to like communicate that moment through art and like send the message that way because I can't really explain what I'm seeing but it's like in that brief moment it's like I understand life and death and it's like I hope to have other people like see it too and like maybe if you look at my art enough like you'll start to put the pieces together and like also Mm -hmm. experience what I'm seeing because I would like other people to see that. Uh, You also mentioned like that your art deals with like natural time cycles and so um, like I've done this little presentation on the music of menstruation and like I like to pride myself on like being like a, a man that has like reverence for it and i feel like you surely have a different sort of insight into that uh, so i'm wondering can you uh, enrich my sort of view of this and what is sacred about uh that cycle well i guess that like i think of it maybe a little broader as like the just aging and like the life cycle mm. of a woman is like you know your childhood like before that time happens and then it's like once you know you're mature like you know go through puberty it's like it changes like you know it's like every throughout my entire like you know sexually active life it's like I have every single time I had sex I had to think in the back of my mind like I might create a new life like right Mm -hmm. now like and it's just like I am not like disconnected from that like some people like I guess don't think of it like but I'm like I did every time like it's just Mm. like and it's not like necessarily like bad or that I was like scared of it but it was just like that might happen and like that's kind of crazy like because it's just like wow creating a new person like it's kind of a big deal um and then you know it's like as I'm getting older it's just like eventually like that part of my life will end and yeah as like you know my fertility ends and turning into like an old woman and so I think I guess of like natural cycles and a bigger scale, like we're just gotcha. like the life cycle. Um, but in terms of like menstruation, I mean, it's kind of like, I really like feel it. Like there's like times where it's like, I feel more inspired or like I feel less inspired and it's like, it feels tied to like my menstrual cycle and it's kind of annoying like I, I but it's like at the same time it maybe is like the wheel that's like driving me like that cycle is like pushing me like forward but it's like sometimes annoying um also just because I was like kind of dealing with endometriosis which like is brutal and really hard like no one wants to like diagnose it so it's just kind of rough but yeah um I feel like yeah the I mean I hear people describe it in the sense of being annoying. Like, <laughs> m- my wife is always sort of like, uh, like 
had some sort of like a sense of, like she's given me a sense of it being sacred and so like i feel like i've luckily inherited that but um it is a sort of interesting wave to surf so it's um, you know it's like it connects me to like something like i feel like i it does connect me to like some kind of like natural rhythm so in that way it's sacred but sometimes you're just like ah i really feel like shit <laughs> like i don't want to wake up <laughs> like um but i I I know what she means and mm -hmm. you know like I I get that <laughs> and you know it's like it's also like brutal like I've struggled like getting pregnant and I've had a couple miscarriages and it's like mm. so it becomes this like symbol of like you know it's like of loss like really it's like and I feel like I have to like confront that on a monthly fucking basis it's just like mm -hmm. this reminder of like what I lost and it's it's hard I mean that's like a really really fundamental like inspiration I guess that's like that's where a lot of this like all my art is like coming from it's like that loss or actually more more than once but those losses were just like devastating and like just totally brutal to me like I was just you know just completely like wiped out and I just like could the only way I could cope with it is it's just like I felt like I went through a period of just like I can't even stop crying and it's just like I can't live like this so I have to take this like pain and transform it into something that I need to create something. Mm -hmm. It's like, cause there was, I was supposed to create something and it didn't work out. So I still have to create that thing. Like something needs to be created. So yeah, I'm just like, mm -hmm. that was like, I think a huge turning point in my life. Like when I first like had that experience and yeah, I'm just like going, doing as much as I can. And it's like, Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, am I just like running away from like the grief of that? But, you know, whatever, it's, this is how I deal with it. Yeah, I suppose sacred things have a, a huge weight to them. What what do you think is like, like, if this is sort of like the opposite side of sacredness, what, uh, what do you think of that as like, because um, that's like, that that's a very like, severe experience to have. Um, and thanks for sharing it. Uh, so, I mean, like, what was the other side of that then, of sacredness? What do you mean? Like, um, I mean, like, I feel like sacredness has, like, a very, like, positive tone to it. Like, okay, it's like, yeah. Oh, um, it's like, you're, you're describing something of, like, a lot of weight. And so, um, but it's, like, still in the sacred realm. But, well, like, yeah. I feel like, you know, like, when I connect with just nature and the natural world, like, I'm just so blown away. Like sometimes when I just look at the night sky and see the stars and I'm like, I am so small. Like I am just this tiny, tiny part of the whole universe. And it's really mind blowing. Like if you just, just sit there for a while and look or just, you know, sometimes like I'll just go outside and I will watch the wind blow. Like I like doing that. And it's like, just watching the wind blow like through the grass. And then it's like all of a sudden like you're sitting there long enough and like birds are like surrounding you cause they don't really like notice that you're there anymore. And like, you know, just watching like wildlife and like being in nature. It's like that to me is just like 
I don't know how people don't feel like the sacredness. It's like, how do you not see that this is like perfect? Like this mm -hmm. is all just like perfection. And here I am like part of it. And yeah, I don't know, but it, that, it ties back into like, you know, that darker side of it because in nature there's life and death all the time. Right. Just even just like the movements of the seasons or just like, you know, you come across a dead thing, but it's like, that is going to create like new life. Like it's going to rot and then something new is going to grow out of it. Like, you know, right now my garden is at the end of its life and you know, it's just next year it's going to be awesome again like mm -hmm. gotcha yeah i mean that makes sense um i feel like i'm i'm like big into like animal rights stuff and like it's interesting to like be focused on something like death and have to like come to terms with it and uh yeah i mean it's there's nothing inherently wrong about it but like it is rough to sort of come to terms with so that's interesting um okay well feel like um i don't need to ask you too many more things um uh i'll just end with a stupid question which okay. um i ask because i'm pretty sure that i saw that you're on tiktok and that is i got banned <laughs> ah, for nudity yes it was fucking adam and eve which is, <laughs> i just think is so great actually like i got fucking banned because i use like a renaissance adam and eve in a stop motion video and i was just like mm -hmm. wow like i just can't believe it <laughs> like expulsion from tiktok <laughs> interesting and thus it's on OnlyFans now <laughs> yeah it's like it straight up is <laughs> like I'm that's really like, pathetic <laughs> though that like that's like something that would happen and i like i heard something similar to that and that's insane because like i got banned on tumblr too for the same shit and the best part is like on tumblr like the one of the like, images that it was adam and eve with the fucking fig leaves i'm like it's censored it's censored with the fig leaves like so what the hell like you just don't like me <laughs> like <laughs> interesting yeah um i i have been unwilling to engage with it entirely and like i've heard some smart people be like oh yeah you need to be on tiktok and i'm like nope fuck no okay so but... here let me tell you about tiktok it's so much garbage there's just so much garbage you know it's like a lot of crap like it's just like people who are like honestly it's like it's kind of sad like because i think there's people who are like just like mentally ill and it's like this mm. like feeds like some of their like problems like th th it's just like some weird bad shit then you got like ki yeah. kids eating laundry detergent like things like that you know like forgot about that, but yeah. there i in the short time that i was there there were some cool people so like if you look like you know like, you can find some like people who make cool content and you know they're out there but there's a lot a lot of garbage and it's honestly not worth it it's just okay. yeah it's like you're not really missing anything and i was like i thought i was making really cool stuff like i was just doing little like stop motion videos of like my collages and people liked them like they were kind of like people were like oh this is actually like interesting content i got banned permanently wow 
I appealed. I was like, this is a painting that like, you know, is in a museum, like you can bring children to like, it's not like 18 plus to like get into like the Met or whatever, like, or this could be like in a textbook, like a, like a high school history textbook for like, you know, history or whatever. I'm like, this is not porn. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm like have you ever been to a porn site because it's this is not what it is yeah. except like my only fans now has it <laughs> like, <laughs> you think that that type of thing was enforced like by like a some sort of algorithmic like ai type thing or do you think that was somebody who was like i don't like this like do you think it was a human that made the judgment uh, or i don't know i mean on tiktok it was probably a robot but okay. i think on instagram like i don't know like Sometimes I think it's like the algorithm. Sometimes I think it's like a moderator, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not really sure, but yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's that's rough. Hilarious. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that happened. That's, that's, that's absurd. Especially I, given just like how absurd, like the rest <laughs> of the internet is like just dripping with disgusting stuff so like yeah uh, well it's like you could be on tiktok where like you can like i've seen like you know pretty young girls like wearing you know skin colored like leggings it's like you might as well be naked right you know it's just like and you know whatever like if that's what they want to do like that's fine but like why Mm -hmm. can't i have adam and eve in a stop motion (laughs) video (laughs) like you know it's like why can't i do my thing but i think i had gotten like a couple other i had gotten warned before but that was like the nail in the coffin and it like it was called expulsion from eden and it was (laughs) it also shows like you know the concept of it was it's Adam and Eve, and Eve is holding an iPhone, a red iPhone, Apple iPhone. You see the little Apple like in her hand. So it's also like a jab at like technology. And I'm like, maybe they just are like mad. Like, I don't know. I think they're just mad about the nipple, but <laughs> that's funny. Shit. Well, you're not missing cool. anything. Don't even sign up. But it's yeah, it's <laughs> it sucks. I mean, it's just I like Twitter. I think Twitter is always like kind of panned out to be like the best one. Like I've been off Facebook for, I have a Facebook account that I never use. I literally just have it so I can have a Temple of Saturn page so that when I play a show, people can tag it and they're like, oh, invite people. I'm like, no, I'm not even logging in because you know what? When I used to like do event, like through the Facebook events, it's like, no one ever fucking came. No one came. Mm-hmm. I don't even do that now. And I'm like, I just posted on Twitter and people actually show up. So I don't know what the Facebook event thing is, like why it doesn't work, but like no one comes like when mm-hmm. you do it, like advertise it that way. So I just post about my shows on Twitter and I get a pretty decent turnout. So Twitter is a lot better. I always like make, I've made like some pretty good connections on Twitter. Like I just feel like I, find easier to find like-minded people or just like interesting artists or thinkers Mm -hmm. musicians you know it's just a better space instagram it just it kind of sucks like i just post into the void basically Mm -hmm. it's like i'm just i'm posting and i don't spend that much time on there but twitter is like I li- probably live on Twitter in terms of like social media. It's like that's where I am most of the time. So, um, you know, it's, well. yeah, it's kind of just the better spot. And like, I mean, I still meet people who are like, I don't get it. 
it's just like people posting their breakfast and like it's really not like that anymore like I know it was like that for a time but I'm like it's really not the posting the breakfast anymore <laughs> you um well uh your website is joanpope.com yeah right? um and you're on Bandcamp. you're on twitter you're on instagram a little bit um any other things that people should check out um, for my huge audience i'm on i'm on vimeo like vimeo.com slash john pope that's where a lot of my video stuff lives um but yeah twitter is like usually like a good place to like stay up to date and i guess instagram is like a good spot to sort of see it all in, in one one do thing have, but do you still have access to that like video gallery thing the vr gallery i think that i saw i think that was you yeah, I do. Okay, so the one VR gallery I made is like cyber.io or something. Okay. That was like linked to my OpenSea account, but I burned all of my stuff. Okay. Like, so it probably is empty, but I did like, that was like connected to like the NFT thing. But before that, there is, what is it called? Artsteps.com. I set hmm. up a couple like virtual galleries and that like anyone can just, it's, it has nothing to do with NFTs. It's just anyone can put art in a little virtual gallery and those still exist so those are still out there and you know there it's you don't need like a vr headset or anything like that you could just like view on your computer or whatever so you gotcha. don't you don't need like a oculus or anything cool all right well cool um well anything else you want to say or do you want to just uh say goodbye and sign off <laughs> all right yeah goodbye thanks for having me yeah. and great talking to you yeah thanks likewise for being here. <laughs> all right cool. thanks yeah i'll talk to you later bye